Welcome to AI Decoded, that time of the week when we look in depth at some of the most eye-catching stories in the world of artificial intelligence. We begin with the independent and artist and musician Laurie Anderson, who confesses she's addicted to using an artificial intelligence text generator to emulate the words of her late husband, the rock star Lou Reed, a decade after his death. The Guardian reports Google's chief executive, Sundar Pichai, has described some responses by the company's Gemini AI model as biased and completely unacceptable after it produced results, including portrayals of German Second World War soldiers as people of colour. The nation focuses on AI for military use, with a number of high-ranking officials predicting that artificial intelligence will transform the way America and its enemies conduct future wars. The Telegraph says BBC journalists will use AI to write headlines as part of wider trials of the new technology at the corporation. The Times looks at buy now, pay later company Klarna, who say its AI-powered chatbot does the work of 700 full-time staff. And the New York Times has picked up on a Willy Wonka experience in Scotland, which proved very different to the AI-scripted posters and adverts. Well, with me is Stephanie Hare, who's an author on technology and our regular AI commentator. Hello to you. Thank you very much for joining us. So you're going to take us through a plethora of stories uh, we have today. So let's start with Laurie Anderson, um, US uh, artist, and she says she's become addicted to AI. And I can see why Mm. as a way to kind of reconnect with her partner, with her husband, Lou Reed, a decade after his death and somebody she worked with, collaborated with. So just explain how she's using AI. So effectively, what they've done is they've taken all of her husband, Lou Reed's lyrics and, and output, his creative output, and used that as a data set and trained an algorithm on it so that she can then dialogue with it. So it's almost like being able to converse with anybody really who's left enough enough outputs everybody should start writing their journals now in case they want their grandkids to be able to talk to them after they're dead i mean she does she's quite realistic about it isn't she she yeah. does sort of say that um, i really don't think i'm talking to my dead song uh, dead husband and writing songs with him but people mm. have styles yeah. and they can be replicated it's yeah. fascinating yeah i really liked that and i actually thought there was a lot more potential than in what she was saying. There's the creative way that she's using the tool, which is just to get inspiration and ideas and kind of riff with a creative writing partner. But you can imagine for somebody who's been diagnosed with dementia, right, and they could put all of their memories now, before they've lost them, into a a chatbot that then, once they start losing their memories, they could talk to themselves and be like, what was my childhood like? Do I like my boss? Do I like gardening, right? And (laughs) dialogue with their real selves. So this, this shows like, some really creative ways that we are just starting to use this technology. And one interesting. Could just, totally interesting. And one could imagine that, for example, if children lose a parent yeah. um, early on, that this is a way that they can sort of reconnect with them. Who was this person? And really get to know them if they were too young to maybe know who they were. Absolutely. And even the possibilities for historians who are thinking and you know, people who run museums and want to curate experiences for future generations, we could start recording that now with a view to history in 100 years' times, like the history of the future. It's absolutely fascinating, it really mm. is. Um, Shall we move on to um, the Google chief <laughs> who admits 
that biased AI tools photo diversity offended users. It's a really interesting one here. And just, just explain to us the issue and how this actually happens. How, the, how does the AI works in order for this to happen? Yeah, so what this is, it's an AI tool that you can type in a prompt and say, show me a picture of, for example, soldiers in the Second World War. So you do something like that, it sounds very bog standard. And those of us who've seen photos of soldiers in the Second World War will know what they look like. And what they definitely do not look like is people of color if they were in Nazi Germany, because they would not have been allowed to be soldiers. In fact, they would have been persecuted and indeed often sent to great harm. Unfortunately, this is what the AI tool from Google produced, possibly because it was trying to overcorrect and try to introduce diversity where historically that wasn't the case. And this raises the philosophical issue, which is that these tools are not search engines. They're not resources that you would use to write a history book or to understand reality. They're creative tools. The problem in this case is that the, what they created offended someone. And that's gonna be, I think, a story that we'll come across again and again. Everything to do with AI at the moment, I guarantee is going to be offending someone somewhere. Well, there's a little bit further into the article, which is, uh, I should have said, in The Guardian. I talked about gender sort of biased responses. So for years, it says Google would translate the gender neutral Turkish phrases for they are a doctor and they are a nurse into English as masculine yeah. uh, for the doctor and feminine for the nurse. Yeah. And we all have that bias in us. I was just talking to somebody yesterday and they said I was talking to my CEO and I said, oh, what did he say? And my friend corrected me and said, it's a she. And of course, women can be CEOs and are CEOs. So we are. all have that bias and it's our data that AI is trained on. So my bias in that moment, which is ridiculous, is I'm a woman, I know women can be CEOs, but even I, you know, I I've grown up in a patriarchy that's in my subconscious. Mm. Even I had that. That's exactly what these machines are doing at the moment. So it's not the AI's fault, it's the programmer's fault. It's all of our faults, we're all at fault. Okay, we're all at fault, good. <laughs> AI um, is just doing what we tell it to do, so yeah. Let's move on to the nation. Um, killer robots are here, it's time to be worried. Um, yeah, that's quite worrying, just the headline. I know, and I was just talking to clients today saying, don't worry, we're a long way from the Terminator and apparently we're gonna to have to update that analysis because the killer robots are here thanks to the US military, though it must be said, it won't just be the US military. And there's the argument that if the US military doesn't build it and allows its opponents to do so, and we could think of several governments around the world, I think, without naming them, who are, I'm sure, working on exactly this technology, then you would have a problem where your enemies would have it and you can't defend against them. But the world that we're looking at is a world of battlefields that could very soon be overrun with robots. What because these are talking about unmanned um, ground vehicles, unmanned drones, um, and, and all sorts of things. So it doesn't yeah. have to have the human involved at all at yeah. that point. But at the moment, they're being controlled by humans. Yes. So that's the whole thing is when you talk about autonomous weapons like drones that are being used in Ukraine right now to defend against, defend against Russia, the idea is that they have a human in the loop. So that, that drone should never be doing anything that would lead to the killing of a human being without another human sanctioning it. There's like a chain of command. We're looking at a future in which robots could be operating without any human involvement or oversight and working together as teams to decide how to take out a target. And that's the question again in terms of the what could go wrong. It's like, A, what if in, in attempting to legitimately take out a target, they also hurt civilians or do something that we wouldn't want them to do? And then the big fear is loss of control, which is what if they decide to just turn back and kill all of us? It really is the Terminator. I mean, that, that is the Terminator, isn't it? A film that's, what, 40 years old? Yes. 
ahead of its time, I think, in many ways. In many ways. Um, let's, um, I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm more depressed about this, if I'm perfectly honest, uh, this is from The Telegraph. BBC to write headlines using artificial uh, intelligence. Um, this is, as uh, I say, article in The Telegraph um, talking about a, a BBC uh, exploring using AI tools to help work, uh, reporters work more quickly. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask you about this as a journalist. How would you feel about someone writing headlines for you? Is that helpful? Is that a hack? Or are you like, no, I want to be using my wits and my analysis to craft the analysis myself? It depends which day you're asking me, if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think in, in general, you'd hope that you'd be able to come up with the headline. But yeah. um, I guess this what tool is, is allowing you to scan so many thousands of things that you'd maybe mm. come up with a brilliant headline more quickly is it the fact that you could use AI to help you write the best headline yeah. and do it in one minute rather than 20 minutes in which case when we've all got deadlines yeah and that's the thing is right now um, the BBC has been very clear that most of its AI pilots are for internal use only because a big thing about AI is you want to be creating trust so we want BBC viewers and users of the website or the podcast to know this is all human generated content for the moment um, and to ever signal if that were to change, that would be a really important part of it. And also that there's always human oversight even where AI is being used, mm. right? So you might use it to come up with a headline, but there's still gonna be a human editor that will check it and vet it. Yeah, and, and my understanding is, like I say, this is all internal and it's very much authorization sort of when AI is used, but um, clearly other news organizations will be exploring the usage of AI as well. Yeah. Uh, right, let's look at Klarna. I mean, in a guess, this is sort of a similar, similar um, area, if you like. This is from The Times, talking about Klarna's AI chatbot does the work of 700 full-time staff. Yeah, and when I was reading about it, that blew my mind was it speaks 35 languages, which is gonna be really hard for a human customer service agent to rival. Yeah. Um, even people who are you know, bilingual, trilingual, can't get up to 35. That's incredible. Um, Klarna has 150 million customers worldwide and the chatbot has already handled 2.3 million conversations in a month. No human could do that. No team of humans could do that. So what does this mean? It means probably you know, massive cash savings for them. Their profitability could go up this year. Um, they've said that it does not mean that they're going to be laying off mm. staff, which I thought was quite interesting. Very they interesting. They want to redeploy their human talent into higher value tasks. And that's what I think is kind of the hope for so many people is, can we use AI to get rid of the stuff that we don't want to do and get humans working on more creative, more value-added work? But do you need as many people to do that? That is the question. And also, they might not be doing that work. There might be new work that doesn't yet exist. Like AI is being used to create new AI generated products and services. So there's a whole world out there that we're, we're basically inventing as we go. Maybe other people will retrain into that. Yeah, I, presumably, um, obviously we're talking about Klarna here, but it's uh, an issue that you'll be well aware of within industry that people are concerned about this, um, this, uh, this conflict, isn't it? Between mm. doing your job better and maybe more quickly, but actually further down the line, does that mean you lose your job? Yeah. Or can we just get to a point where humans can just work less? You know, if you were to look at your, your sort of weekly workload and go, if I could take 20 to 30% of that out and have an AI do it, and I still keep getting paid, but I get to have a bit more leisure time. I mean, that sounds crazy from a pure capitalist perspective, but that's also just a policy choice that we could be making as, as a society going forth into the 21st century. We don't all have to be chained to work. 
you have my vote on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's finish with, um, this was a story that um, was making the headlines and I must admit I'd read about it. This was this uh, Willy Wonka event that happened in Glasgow, which frankly wasn't as advertised. No. I hadn't really clocked that there was an AI link. So yes. just uh, explain, just explain about the event and for people that maybe weren't aware of the story and how it links to AI. Right, so up in the lovely city of Glasgow in Scotland, one of my favourite places in this country, someone advertised a Willy's chocolate experience based on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So lots of people were bringing their kids and they were motivated to go to the event because an AI generating tool had come up with a beautiful poster that made it look like, like a candy, like a child's fantasy. So you really want to go and it's going to look like an immersive experience like those Van Gogh art exhibits that people go to where it's all around you. It looks mm. super fun. Alas, reality did not match expectations. When people showed up, it basically just looked like somebody had opened up a warehouse, put a couple of things on, stuck some stuff on the wall. Have we got, have we got that picture again? I know we just, we just had it up. Can we get the picture up again of what it, there we go. That's, that's what it actually looked like. Yeah, and the kids got reportedly two jelly beans each and half a cup of lemonade and the worst part of Willie's chocolate experience is that there wasn't even any chocolate. And the AI aspect of it, um, is it just that it is much easier, cheaper, quicker to produce what in, old, in, in olden days, in days of yore, would have taken a long time to produce, to produce a piece of art that that spectacular and you know that, that detailed? Is, is that the difference now? AI yeah. just makes everything easier and, more, and quicker. Yeah, you can just sort of elevate it and make it, you know, make it fashion, make it fun, make it fabulous, and it has to have no corresponding value to reality. So this opens up all sorts of exciting opportunities for scams and frauds, and indeed, the most shocking part of this entire story is that someone, we don't know who, called the police. So the police had to go down and bust up this event and maybe they got two jelly beans each. Uh, but no chocolate and um, definitely not a world of imagination. No. Stephanie, um, it's been absolutely brilliant <laughs> talking to you. It's, it's fascinating. It really is a fascinating part of the week going through AI, which is just such an area that we know very little about, yeah. but is really creeping into all aspects of our lives, isn't it? Yeah. It's fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that is it. We are out of time. We will do this again at the same time next week.